Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter, who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original. Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. Versus Collingwood. I'm your host, Honey Badger 35, and joining me this week is Miguel Sanchez. Miguel, how are you going? Yeah, good. Yeah, we got. I, I suppose that's the the little silver lining to finishing outside. We get a game of foot, one last game of footy to go to um, for the year. So, yeah, pretty excited for that. Promising indeed. We obviously saw the Eagles have a great deal of success at Optus earlier in the season, and we will, of course, get onto that game later on in the pod. But first, I'd also like to welcome back to the show once more, Asterix the Gaul. Asterix, how are you going? Going very well. I'm glad to be here for the first of our run of four games. It's going to be a bit of a gruelling one. It's going to be a bit different. The Eagles getting recharged, getting back into the swing of things, and so are we here on the pod. Guys, thank you very much for listening all throughout the season as well. We've been getting some great feedback. We actually had some people asking us last week when we took the week off if we were doing an episode, so... It's nice to feel wanted, very much appreciated on that front. As we head into finals, plenty of time to talk about footy, plenty of interest in it as well. So tell a friend or jump on Apple Podcasts and and subscribe or rate us, write a review. Spotify, we're on there as well. So any way you can get the word out about the pod, you know, it's a great time of year. And and as Asterix just said, hopefully there's plenty more to come as the Eagles make a nice charge in October. We'll start things off this week with a game that feels like it was about a month and a half ago. In reality, it was only about two weeks. But, gents, West Coast Eagles 7-7-49 defeated North Melbourne 4-10-34. This was a game where they just had to get it done. They did just enough to get it done. They started down 16 to nothing, unfortunately. But from that point on, Miguel, it was pretty much on the Eagles' term. A very forgettable game, a very forgettable margin and result. Let's quickly wrap things up here for accounting purposes and just sort of, you know, what, what did you make of the game? And let's bloody move on from it because I've already forgotten about it. Yeah, it's tough to remember, isn't it? Yeah, we got the points and then sort of you know, put it away and, uh, you know, never going to look at the tape again. Um, and it does seem a long time ago. Um, yeah, we did what we needed to do. We we got four points, which gave us a chance at the, the top four finish. Ultimately, that didn't pan out, but at least uh, get a home final. Uh, we got through with just the one injury uh, to Kennedy, who uh, should hopefully be okay for the first final. Um, had some hairy moments, as you said, down by nearly three goals early, but um, really took until the last quarter to, to put the game away. Oscar Allen, I thought, stood up in the last quarter in the absence of Kennedy, um, bobbed up for two very important goals. Uh, Liam Ryan had another great game. He's had a great stint in Queensland and probably cemented his spot in the All-Australian team. Ditto for Shep. Probably uh, Duggan uh, had a, a second week of running around in the midfield, um, showed a fair bit of promise, and uh, that's just about all I can remember, really. <laughs> um, Foley debuted, had, he didn't do a lot, didn't really need to, but he'll be better for the run. Um, 
yeah, I can't really remember much else about the game. We won, didn't we? I think we won by 15 points. We did win by exactly 15 points, I believe. And, and Asterix, while we've got you on the show, we always like to ask you about the youth and, and the next generation through. We saw Foley with a debut. Ainsworth, obviously a bit of a divisive figure around here, but he played another game where it looked to be a bit more on ball, a little bit tagging. Uh, we saw Williams. You know, We saw a couple of guys get a crack that have been on the outer or on the fringes for a while waiting for their chance. So it was nice for them to get a game in a high-stakes situation. What did you make of the games of, of the younger guys through two weeks ago now? So this was the game, the barely relevant game against a completely irrelevant team. Look, they played the system, so it's actually telling me that they're, they're getting through and our system worked. Looking at specifics in there, Bailey Williams, yep, I'm liking him, still a bit raw. He is only, what, 20 as a, 2021 as a big ruckman. We're way too early to expect too much from him. Ainsworth, yeah, look. I've never been particularly fond of this guy, but he is playing in more of a defensive tagging role and you know, his kicking actually wasn't too bad. So there were some good signs there. And Foley, oh, look, he was shitting himself. I don't think he was up to the pace of the game, but he has got pretty clean skills. And if we can find a place for him on the wing or the halfback flank and nurture him away and he gets to play that role particularly well, he may be worth keeping on the list. So, look, some good some good signs from the, from the guys that were there. But as you said, to me, it was the game that uh, Ryan, I think, cemented his place in the All-Australian starting lineup, which was great. Not much more to say other than we won. That was the takeaway. That is the takeaway. I'm staggered we've managed to talk for two or three or four minutes about it, as is. So let's move on from the North Melbourne game. We'll never talk about it again. And Asterix, we will move on to that All-Australian team because you touched on Ryan there. Miguel, you did as well. We've touched on Shep. Nick Nat, obviously a fantastic season and got his reward in the end. Now, Gaff was the only Eagle who made the All-Australian squad, but not the team. That was pretty reflective of a nice movement away from wingers, which we've seen. They crammed in inside mids on the wing and in the forward pocket and all of this business. But Asterix, I'll start with you and we'll start with Ryan. Pretty much the only true mid to small forward picks. There was key forwards, there was inside mids that they crammed wherever they could, and then there was Liam Ryan. What a fantastic charge at the back end of the season to make that All-Australian side for Liam Ryan. Yeah, look, he did brilliantly. And if you go back for the, the since the 2017 draft, what a transformation from where he's come from. So good on him. He's put in some of the hard yards and getting his endurance and getting his speed up. And it's not just the forward craft that's done it for him. So... So happy for him in that one. You know, we've got uh, 10 All-Australians in our squad at the moment. So that uh, that brings four of the current and, and six previous ones, which is a pretty good look when you when you think of your starting 22 and half of them, nearly half of them have been in the All-Australian. But yeah, it really pissed me off, like you said, about the, the, the lack of wingers. And uh, this inside mids, yeah, look, I, I think enough's been said. Hopefully they'll get the message next year, but that's what we say each year. Miguel, we'll swing it to the other side of the field because we saw Brad Shepard finally, finally make his All-Australian debut. He's been on the fringes for so long. And if you ask any Eagles fan, we know him, we love him, we know what he can do. He should have been in, at least should have been his third year, for my opinion on that one. But anyway, it's his first year, but thank God it's finally happened. Brad Shepard got the blazer. Miguel, he's an All-Australian. What a great moment that was to see. Yeah, and um, he's he's just, just gone from strength to strength over the last few years. Um, yeah, I think he was in the squad last year, wasn't he? And it might be one of those ones where you, you need to put a couple of decent seasons together to actually get their selectors' attention. 
but yeah, he's he's just been fantastic all year. He's maybe had one down game out of seventeen, and at this stage, I, I still think he'll win the best and fairest. So yeah, um, great reward for him. Yeah, we all know it. You you wonder whether he's uh, whether he gets enough attention in the Eastern States media, but yeah, we all know uh, how well he plays, and um, similar with Ryan and and Nat Nui as well. I don't think any of those guys that their statistics tell the full story. So um, I've seen arguments for you know maybe Butler should get in ahead of Ryan because he kicked more goals, or maybe Braden friggin Maynard should get in ahead of Shep for some reason. So it's good that the um, the selectors sort of looked past that and looked at the actual influence that those three guys had uh, on games this season because I think all three of them were really deserving. Gaff, um, you kind of hinted at it. I think he's. Uh, his uh, season was good, but not uh, probably worthy of being in the, the All-Australian squad, but uh, was always going to be difficult to break into that midfield, the All-Australian midfield, whether or not they actually selected some specialist wingers. So I think a, um, a squad selection's a pretty fair reflection of, of the year he had as well. So, yeah, not too much to complain about this year. We've had in past years, we've uh, we've had some players cruelly overlooked but yeah from an Eagles point of view I, don't, I think we did pretty well this year yeah Miguel you touched on it there it was fantastic to see a lot of our guys get the recognition that they deserve certainly that they finally deserve in the eyes of Eagles fans perhaps none more so than Nick Natanui now he was picked as the starting ruckman surprisingly in my opinion they actually did pick a second ruckman in Max Gone, who I would have thought there would be other ruckman picked ahead of him and usually they don't go for two rucks but anyway Another conversation for another pod, because the main thing here, Asterix, is that Nick Nat was the All-Australian Ruckman for season 2020. He came seventh in the coaches' votes. He came eighth in the players' MVP. He's been doing it forever. His eight-year gap, what about this one? His eight-year gap between All-Australian selections is the second longest gap in AFL history. So he did it in 2012. He's finally been recognised again in 2020. The best Ruckman in football, one of the most impactful players in football, one of the most valuable players in football. No matter how you slice it, Asterix, Nick Natanui is a star. He is the engine that drives everything that the Eagles do. And he has finally, finally added another blazer to the collection. Welcome to the All-Australian side, Nick Natanui. So you're expecting me to say something after you just wrapped him up for 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, mate, he's a star. I'll talk, for, I'll talk about him for 20 if you like. Oh, look, to me, the epitomised the, his performance this year with the, um, the St Kilda game. He just said... I'm going to win this. And, and he just took it over. And you, you go back to the games that I saw at Optus. He, he took his game to another level and just lifted the whole side with him. Brilliant. As you said, stats don't say the lot. It's, it's the impact that he has. I'd like to see the, a new score that says Nick Nat scores to advantage. And, um, yeah, you've got the clearances. We've got the stoppages and the scores from that. But the Nick Nat impact is fantastic. Great. Fantastic for him. Thinking about the two knee reconstructions, yeah. What could you say? He's 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 proven his value. Um, even the two years that we were two or three years that we lost him, fantastic. We couldn't be happier for him. Now, moving on from the All Australian side, we had another bit of news about one of our Premiership heroes, Miguel Will Schofield, Premiership hero, as I said, but also podcasting legend around these parts. Will Schofield has announced his retirement from footy. He's going to finish up a one-club player. He's played with the Eagles throughout his whole stint, debuted all the way back in 2007, pick 50, pretty good return on uh, investment for that one, I would have thought. 
We've nearly taken 200 games out of him, so fantastic to see Scoey get to go out on his terms. And uh, what, do you, what do you make of his career? Because at first it was looking like he was sort of our next rebounding halfback flanker, and then he's kind of transitioned into a key defender. He's done a little bit of everything, but he's always there when you when you need to call on him, Miguel. So what, what have you made of Will Schofield's career? Yeah, he's had a really long and, and varied career with us, and that was really obvious, the pictures that the club put up of you know, how even just how he looked. Uh, back in the late 2000s versus, you know, uh, he's sort of gotten older and balder and grislier and, um, and sort of beefed up a bit. Um, and it was probably 2015 when we lost Mackenzie and Brown that he really had to change his body shape a bit and um, uh, become a, a true key back rather than sort of he was playing as a sort of athletic third tool, sort of what Shepard is now. But, yeah, he's been great squad member, great clubman. Um, 14 years is only about seven or eight guys that have been on the list uh, that long. Uh, he and Sam Butler are the only ones that won't make it to 200 games. Uh, out of those, he's had, uh, on top of his 194 games so far, he's been an emergency another 48 times, so he could really could really be well up in the 200. So he, he's been a bit unlucky. Uh, he's had to battle for his spot a fair bit. He's been in and out of the side because of you know, match-ups, and he's, uh, he's competed with a whole heap of um, really good key backs, especially over the last probably five or six years. He's had to compete with uh, Mackenzie and Brown and uh, now McGovern and Barras and now Harry Edwards is coming through and it would have been really easy for him, I think, to, to take off and uh, being a Victorian boy, he could have gone quite easily gone back to Victoria and uh, joined another club where he was guaranteed a regular game, but he's elected to stay at the club and uh, he's obviously really popular and I think he's probably odds on to win the best clubman this year because uh, just apart from his on-field contributions when he is picked, he's... Uh, you hear in the podcasts he's the fines master and he's, he organises the the uh, organises the the end of season footy trip and so on. So he's, he's clearly a, a popular club man and yeah, I think uh, getting a best clubman and and possibly a, a second premiership would be a, a really great way to cap off his career. And him moving out away from the club does open him up to step into the media a little bit. So perhaps a podcast appearance in the near future for Will Schofield. Who's to say? I'll, uh, uh, I don't know that he's on board He's not going to take one of our jobs, is he? Well, uh, maybe mine. I think he could do a damn fine better job <laughs> than I do because he's very good at it, amusing bloke, and obviously very popular. Asterix, does he still have a role to play? Because he's not retiring right now, right this instant. We obviously saw back in 2018, through unfortunate circumstance from one, you know, from in terms of Brad Shepard's injury, but... It wasn't an ideal circumstance, but he did get an opportunity and he more than capitalised on it. So he's stuck on 194 games for now. Do you think that's where his career finishes up or do you actually think that a healthy Eagles side could still find a matchup for Will Schofield in these finals? Well, two things. Firstly, surely there's got to be a role on Channel 7 for him as a key commentator next year. That's that's the part I'd look because they need bolstering up big time. A key role for him, yeah, I'd probably be playing ahead of um, Rotham at the moment. Just because the the, the matchup for this week, um, I see the Dugowie. Um, I'd rather leave Shepard um, to, to to use him against who we might need elsewhere. Um, maybe a Stevenson or a um, someone else in that space. And I'd I'd have I'd have um, Dugowie, I'd have sorry Schofield in the team because he just offers that tall smalls and can play on a bit angry, which is good. Now, before we get into that Collingwood game, we have a final little bit of news to tick off. That is, of course, the injury updates. We'll start with the negative and then we'll swing to the positive because there was a lot of positive news over the last fortnight. 
The lead story from a negative point of view is that Elliot Yo's season is done. And it was probably trending that way over the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, we had some good news when he initially did it. We thought, you know, they thought he'd be back sooner rather than later. That hasn't been the case. So we will be going it alone without Elliot Yo for the foreseeable future. Fingers crossed that that doesn't push on into next season with the groin issue. Uh, but hopefully he can rest up and, and really fully recover from that one because the OP is an issue we've seen start to hamper some guys over the longer term. So hopefully Yoey can just put a line through that and, and really rest up. But gents, some positive news, nearly universally positive across our injury list, because you look at it and you say, all players listed as a test from here. You've got Shuey, you've got Redden, McGovern, you've got Kennedy, Hutchings, and Jeddah. Redden, we feared his season was over. Shuey, we obviously saw do both hamstrings. Gov's hamstring, everybody was going, okay, that's shades of 2018 when we lost Nick Nat for the season. Kennedy's been in the wars over the last couple of weeks. And then guys like Hutchings and Jetta, who definitely still have a role to play, and it's fantastic to be able to call on them. Miguel, these guys are all listed as tests, not all guaranteed to play this week, of course, but available or should be available if we need. What a big boost that is on the eve of finals. Yeah, the other one there, well, two others there. Cripps isn't on the injury list, obviously, but uh, he's available to come back this week as well, mm. having uh, become a new father and the team coming back to play a game in Perth, I think, has, has worked out well for him. So we should see him back in the side. So, yeah, there's probably five or not. Kennedy's obviously already in the side. There's probably four, five or six of those that could come in. So it'd be a really interesting time at selection. And the, just the other one I wanted to make a point about was uh, Jermaine Jones, who was ruled out for the year earlier on. He's uh, made a miraculous recovery and he's now a week or two away, I think. I'm not sure that we will see him for finals, but it's great that he's pressing and, and hopefully that means uh, he'll get another year on the list because I think he's really got something to offer. Moving on to the main event for the week, and this is it. It's the new season. It's the finals. Everything we've seen before doesn't matter anymore. We're purely, it's four weeks of footy. That's all we need to worry about. You win four games, you win a flag. That is the equation for the Eagles. And it all starts this Saturday, 6.10pm at Optus, West Coast versus Collingwood. Asterix, last time out between these sides, we saw the Eagles put up a season high 111 points. They kicked 18 goals three that day. They could not miss. Uh, It was comfortably our highest score. It was about 30 points clear of our next highest score. The Eagles have beaten the Pies five of the last six times, although the Pies have beat us at Optus. Uh, There was that one-point game last year, of course. So it's a massive game, obviously, being an elimination final. No second chances. But you'd have to say that the Eagles come in as a reasonably deserved favourite for this one. I think we are. The bookies have got us down as favourites, and I think most of the pundits are, are picking us. Um, and rightfully so, because I think we have the, the wood over Collingwood and uh, our game style stacks up very well against it. Yeah, we were very, you know, there were some incredible shots from the, going when we were heading towards the western end, I think it was, and uh, in the right pocket, we just couldn't miss in that game. And some of the, some of the lace out pass, passes to our forwards were fantastic. It was the typical champagne football. I don't think we're going to have quite that same uh, freedom. Uh, don't forget, Pendlebury was a very late out just before that game, and I think they had one midfielder short in. They bought, uh, Quainer came on as an emergency or someone like that. And, yeah, I think Bo it's going Senna to be a really... Vilagi. Yeah, that's who it was. Sorry? Was it his debut? Even? Yeah, okay. He might, he might 
that had played the week before. Yeah, it was his first or second game, and I think he only had one or two touches. He was warming up during quarter time, so it wasn't a particularly strong start from the Pies in terms of their prep. Although, from memory, they actually Astrid no, started that game. Was good. Yeah, they started well. Their, their, their first quarter was excellent. They were, they were leading us. I remember talking to my daughter at the time. I said, we're actually playing good football. We're down, but we're playing good football. We just haven't converted. So don't don't worry. And sure enough, the second quarter, we just slipped straight into the top gear and just went away with it. But no, I've looked at the matchups. I'm thinking of the ins and outs. And yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident for, for this weekend. It's Yeah, it's a final. It's never going to be a, a massive opportunity to win by big big margins in predictions. But, uh, yeah, I think we've got a good team. Miguel, the Pies are not to be taken lightly because we've had a recent history over them. But, you know, you got you get no second chances and, and they've been okay against the top eight sides this year. They won three, lost three, and they obviously had that early draw. But crucially, two of the wins and the draw were in Victoria and then they did beat the Cats in Perth as well. The three losses, Perth, Queensland, Queensland. So... Perhaps away from the comfy confines of the MCG, they're not as potent, but still a side we have to watch out for. And obviously, this game is just for all the marbles. You got to, you got to, you know, you can't play again next week if you stuff this one up. So, Miguel, I'll start with you naming your side. As we said, there's plenty of healthy bodies to come in, or rested, or quarantined, or all sorts of people coming in for all sorts of reasons. How many changes do you make though to unsettle the lineup? Well, that's the balancing act, isn't it? Um, there's probably six of them that you could make a really strong case for. Uh, four, I think, are, are automatic ins. Uh, Shuey, Redden, McGovern and Cripps, if they're all available, then I think they automatically come in. In terms of the outs for them, I think there's three pretty obvious ones, which are Williams, uh, Foley and Petrocelli. Um, and then the fourth one, which uh, Asterix touched on earlier, is either Schofield or Rotham, I think, making way for Gov. I'm yeah, sort of leaning towards Rotham, really torn on that one. But I, I just think Schofield, when he's in, Barras plays better. He's experienced head. We, you know, we'll know what we'll get from him. He's a good matchup for Tagoe. Did a job on him in the in the grand final two years ago. Uh, he could take Mason Cox or Majacek and release one of the other guys. So I just, yeah, I think it's really harsh on Rotham, but I think he might be the one to miss out. Um, so that's four changes. And then I think you probably make a fifth. Um, I'm going to rule out Hutchings just because uh, the season he's had, I'm really not confident in his body. Uh, he's only played, I think, basically two and a half games. He's had a knee injury. He's uh, done a hamstring. And I, I'm not convinced that um, on the form he showed, he's, he's in our best 22 this year anyway. So I rule him out. Uh, and then I think there's one last spot, which comes down to um, Jeddah or Ainsworth. And uh, against Collingwood, I think I'm bringing in Jeddah just to, to play forward which we saw him do late in the year. He just provides a point of difference with his uh, his kicking skills. And I don't think there's really... Uh, Ainsworth's best footy this year has come as a tagger, but I don't think there's anyone really that would use him to tag. If the matchups had come out differently and we were playing the Bulldogs, I'd probably leave Ainsworth in and get him to tag Caleb Daniel again, but I can't see a similar matchup at Collingwood. So, yeah, I'm going with five changes, and there's a few unlucky guys there. Ainsworth and Rotham are probably the most unlucky. I'll echo that. I'm going to go with your five as well. I have been torn all week. I'm not certain they'll do it, but I've been torn on that Jetta uh, ainsworth dilemma. I think you can play Jetta, and I don't think you need to play him forward, just because we've seen Nelson up the ground a bit, Cole up the ground a bit, Duggan up the ground a fair bit as well. It's a, it's a weird silver lining of these recent injuries. 
is we've seen some guys have to play out of position, get a bit more versatility in their game. So I think we can find a spot for Jetta that isn't awkwardly in the, as a small forward, especially with Cripps back, Waterman in the side, Allen in the side, all these sorts of guys. So yeah, for me, I'll echo those changes. So that's Gov, Shuey, Redden, Cripps, Jetta, five huge ins, and going out will be Williams, Foley, Petch, Ainsworth. I'm torn on Schofield or Rotham. I could have either of them. I'm picking Schofield to come out, uh, but I will certainly not be upset if he plays because he does have form in the finals against Collingwood. Asterix, your changes. I'm only doing four. Shuey, Gov, Redden and Cripps. And coming out is Ainsworth, Foley, Williams and uh, Rotham. So you're going to have Petch playing down forward. That that uh, shifts the balance yeah. of the forward line a little bit? Yep, I think we need it. I think we need to have that pace. And in fact, if you're looking at it, I'm hoping that they've actually really drilled into to Petrocelli um, his need to to really run hard um, and to pick up whoever he's defending on that one. I'd rather have him in the team as a slight differentiator than with his pace than having having Jetta as a do I play him forward, wing, defence, where do you have him? But yeah, I I think that's a better balance in the team. So your, your smaller forwards are being Ryan, Cripps, Petrocelli and Archie. Now, a bit of a game-style difference between the Eagles and the Pies. We saw a few years ago that the Pies were... They play a bit quicker, but they were happy to fall into a bit of a kick-mark style, and they were certainly happy to bring it out you know, against Richmond or against sides that they thought it could help. But similarly to those Richmonds, they can also fall back into a handball, go quickly, play on, handball to a guy running past after the mark, all this sort of stuff. So they do go a little bit quicker than the Eagles. Miguel touched on it before. We've seen the Eagles have game-style success against what Collingwood do. But you look at us, third in kicks, second in marks, second in hitouts, third in clearances. You flip it over to the Pies. They are first in handballs, first in disposals. And Miguel, crucially, first in hitouts. So you're looking at, in theory, the two best ruck divisions in football coming head-to-head this weekend. The Nick Nat versus Grundy matchup went excellently last time we saw it. They played him off the park. Are you expecting much of the same this week? And, and, and do you think, given we've all predicted it's going to be Nick Nat and Allen doing the work, how do you think they're going to mitigate those minutes where it's Grundy versus Allen and you'd really think that that gives the edge to Collingwood in those instances? Well, that was going to be my other suggestion as well, that we sort of, we're all tossing around. There's sort of a 20-second spot up, up for grabs. And I think I had Jetta and I think you might have had Jetta uh, or Ainsworth who's in there. And, and Asterix had Petrocelli. Williams is another option for that. We could play him, play him as the backup ruck, and play Allen as a permanent forward. Uh, and you know, Williams can play a bit more game time against Grundy and, and help to you know, maybe run him off the park. But yeah, against that, we didn't do that against Collingwood last time. Um, the Nat Nui Allen combination did really work him over. Grundy had a terrible game. I don't know whether that was anything that our guys were doing or he was just having a really down game. but It sort of started yeah, be... a bit of a slide for him as well. He's He had an yeah. all right last couple of weeks, but there was a, a four, five, six game period in there where Grundy was really not who we think he is. Yeah, so whether we just, I don't know whether they did anything for that to happen or whether he yeah, he just lost form, but is it a bit optimistic or naive to think we'll just go in with the same lineup and see whether that happens again? I'm not sure. It is you know, the the ruck contest is going to be crucial for us. The the ruck and the midfield battle, um, they've got a few back. That you know, they'll be pretty much full strength. I think apart from side bottom in the midfield, mm-hmm. uh, will be pretty much will be full strength apart from Yo. So, 
uh, yeah, that'll be a great matchup, and that's where the game will be won and lost in there. So let's move on to that one. Asterix, given that we're going in without a tagger for this game, it's a it's a pretty fierce head-to-head matchup for a lot of these guys. You know, you've got Pendlebury who will be playing this time. He didn't play last time. You've got guys like Dugowie can kind of move up onto the ball a bit just for a spell and give us some problems. So... How do you think that the Eagles' midfield is going to match up with the Pies, given, as Miguel's just touched on then, they're both reasonably, as reasonably as you can expect this time of year, at full strength, and they're both really, really solid units on paper? Yeah, I actually think they're going to miss a lot more with um, side bottom out than people give credit for, because he actually gives them that polish on the outside and the, the ability to move the ball out of the guts. And I think they've really missed that this year, because if you look at their midfielders of... Trelaw, Pendlebury, Adams, Elliot, they're the ones who probably have been playing those minutes of, of late. Yeah, I don't think they've got, you know, Pendlebury's got the polish, but Trelaw, Adams, they, they don't stand out. So I actually think the taps to advantage for Grundy are nowhere near as good as the taps to advantage that we have from Nat Nui. And I think that's the big differentiator in the midfield. So I think we're going to win the midfield battle, which is, without Yo, a big statement. And I wasn't sure I was going to be saying that, but I think we will be because of the additional midwork, midfield work that uh, Nat Nui's been doing in the last what, six, eight weeks, being brilliant in that space. number of times he's picked the ball out of the centre and actually booted it into our forward line straight from centre clearances. Fantastic. So I don't think I'm worried... We're batting pretty deep. Shuey, Gaff, Kelly, Sheed, Redden. And um, I've got to, tell you, got to turn around and say I didn't think I would be saying that uh, Gaff on as an inside midfielder would be as good as I've seen him so far this year. He's really jumped up a peg or two in my expectations and has delivered inside like, um, like I didn't think he was capable of. So I think we'll win that battle. Um, not a big drama. The, the biggest concern I have is probably if you go back to 2019 when Gov and um, Barras, they paid no respect to Majacek and uh, Cox and they were just left to be open marking options. So so long as we have the, the Gov, and maybe that's why I've gone for the extra um, tall in Schofield, that if Gov is going to be playing, you know, dropping off and going for his intercept marks, then you've got Schofield and, and Barras to be able to actually shut down more of the Majacek and the um, the Cox options. Now, we'll move away from the midfield battle in just a moment. But before we do, I just wanted to drop a stat, which is why I am low-key very, very confident about how we'll go in the middle. Because you look at Nick Natanui's season. We talked, we waxed lyrical about it. It was fantastic. He was dominant. He owned Grundy last time. Allen played his part as well. And yet, guys, if you look at the percentage play, percentage time on ground, the game against Collingwood was Nick Natanui's lowest for the season. And that was an absolute bloodbath in the ruck. He played 58% of the game. And you look at the last couple of weeks, 78, 80%. uh, He had a 59 against uh, Essendon, which was his second lowest. But then beyond that, you know, 71, 78, 70, 73, 72. He's building up to playing three quarters plus of a game. And you throw back to a time where he nearly played half the game and we dominated the ruck. Now, as Miguel said, I'm not saying we can just click our fingers and it's going to happen again. I'm not suggesting we're going to dominate like we did that day. But I have a lot of reason to uh, have hope or, or, you know, have faith in what the Eagles ruck slash midfield division are going to bring because we have a lot more Nick Nat to use and... 
that's a group that we've seen the Eagles have some success against in the past. Miguel, moving it up the ground a bit to our forwards. Hopefully Kennedy plays. Darling's been a little bit hit and miss, but back in Perth, we saw the bigs fire when we were in Perth earlier in the season. It's been the Liam Ryan show for the last month plus. He's an All-Australian. We've got Cripps back, which is seriously underrated. We've got Waterman there. Allen can play his part. Maybe Petch. You know, there's guys there. Uh, Cheese capable of throwing up a couple of quick goals as we've seen this season. It's a potent forward line. It's been potent on paper all year, and it's clicked much better in Perth than out of Perth. So how do you think the Pies are going to be able to try and shut down what the Eagles offer in our forward 50? Yeah, they've got a, a pretty good back line. Um, on paper, they match up well. Uh, didn't quite work out that way when we played back in June or July or whenever it was. Roughhead got an absolute bath from Kennedy, who I think kicked seven, didn't he? And yeah, Roughhead, I saw some stat that he's he's given up nine goals for the year or something, and seven of them came against Kennedy. So... Uh, he had a good year apart from that and, yeah, then got a bath. Um, and then got Darcy dropped, Moore. by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they dropped him the week um, Darcy Moore's All-Australian as well, although he hasn't really been – I don't think he played on Darling um, that year. He might have uh, – that week he might have had Allen or someone. So, I don't know, is it easy to play – to get in the All-Australian side when you're, you're not actually playing on a – on a key forward, might have to ask Alex Alex Rance about oh, that. You stole my bit. Um, I love you. I love you, Miguel. Sorry. What a great joke. <laughs> Cop that, Rancy. People might say the same about Gov, actually. Um, no, 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 no. Unfair. No, 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 no. Moving on. Uh, Moving on. Yeah, look, yeah. They they match up quite well. Braden Maynard, uh, much as we hate him, probably unlucky to uh, not be in the All Australian side. Uh, he'll probably get someone like Ryan. Uh, they'll be missing Jeremy Howe down there. That's a big out for them. But um, yeah, the the backline, um, their backline matches up really well with our forward line, I think. So we just need to make sure we uh, we get our forwards enough opportunities and then yeah, hopefully someone like Kennedy can uh, get a hold of his opponent again. And Asterix, swinging it down to the other end of the field, we've already touched on a little bit the dangers of Dugowie and they've got these guys like Majacek, who I think probably gets unfairly panned a bit. I think he's a much better forward than people give him credit for. And then you've got Mason Cox, who gets unfairly praised and is a much, much worse forward than anybody thinks. You've got some guys down there who, you know, you kick the ball to the right spot or you allow them to get dangerous, you allow them to get fired up. The Pies can score the footy. They, they can score goals pretty quickly if you allow them to. Who do you see going to who down back and how do you think we try and mitigate that when the Pies do indeed go forward? Yeah, so don't forget we play the team defence and so we've less and less played one man on one particular player. I see Gov, um, and if they're going to bring that ugly turd um, main back in the side, it's likely that they're going to try to play him at centre-half forward to tag down uh, Gov. They've tried that in the past. Do they bring him or do they throw the dice and bring in the gambler in Stevenson? Um, not sure on that one. But certainly... That's why I like having the three tools there because we'll have Schofield, McGov and um, and Tommy Barras. That will cover nicely in there. I'd, I'd be wanting if they've got uh, Stevenson to, to get Shep on him. I think he, he, Cole's confidence got knocked a bit uh, a couple of games when he's played on him. Don't think he's quite got that explosive pace, whereas Shepard does have that. And uh, But the, the problem we actually... Don't forget in the game that they played us, we nailed their forward line and kept them down really low. And uh, they, in fact, tried to, to open it up and bring more in the last quarter into centre-half forward to try to give them some some bite because they were just, just rebounding straight out of that forward line. And they were quite pathetic. So I'm actually not worried on that one because I don't think the apple pie is doing particularly well this year. 
And as you said, he's been unfairly praised. And uh, that old-fashioned footballer in um, in Majacek, as they like to call him, I don't think he's quite got the support around him that enables him to play the game that we saw him play in the run-up to the 2018 Grand Final. So I'm not worried in our back line. Gents, it is time to put your necks out, make the call, and we're going to hold you to this forever and a day because it is an elimination final. You can't get this one wrong. Miguel, are the Eagles going to win? And if they are, tell me by how much. Yeah, look, I think we'll win. Um, Not expecting a blowout like we saw earlier in the year or uh, like we saw in the 2018. Was that the last final played at Optus by us? We didn't get one last year. Yeah, yes, we, we did. thumped Essendon um, last year by about 10 goals. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I don't think it'll be another thumping that we've seen in the last two finals. I think Collingwood will um, take it up to us. But, yeah, we, we should have enough for them um, to keep our season going. Uh, so I'll pick us by 12 points. I'll pick uh, me to have another cardiac episode. There's been a few this year. And uh, uh, since I'll go first, I'm going to pick Liam Ryan, uh, All-Australian forward Liam Ryan, to um, have another great game maybe kick two or three goals, set a few up and uh, and lead us to victory. Nicely done. Asterix, who wins? By how much? Yeah, well, we're, we're winning this one. And I think there'll be a repeat, the repeat of the grand final margin. So five points for West Coast. Wow. Yeah. And I even, think... Uh, even just... this cardiac episode for me. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's all right. And we're going to see the Tim Kelly from St Kilda game absolutely dominating and lifting himself to another level because that's what he does when he's in the finals. Nicely done. For myself, I will go the Eagles by 19. In my mind, that's a close game, but clearly you guys are thinking it's going to be even closer still. I'm continuing my trend. I will not name a best on ground because uh, every time I've named someone, they've gotten hurt. We're just now starting to get healthy, so I will not get involved in that. But the main thing is the Eagles, as a group, are going to win, and we will move along to face... Who is it? The loser of... Is it Port and Geelong? Is that who we play? Yeah. Yeah. Any preferences? I really... I, uh, you'd love to play Port at Adelaide Oval again, wouldn't you? Bit of romance. No, I, yeah. I'd just like to keep not play in Queensland. So if you could promise me that Geelong were going to play in Adelaide Oval, I'd maybe pick there. But yeah, I suppose getting out of Queensland, another, you know, delaying the return to Queensland, I suppose, is pretty preferable in my mind. Asterix, if we were to progress, do you have any preference between Port or Geelong? Port. I think we match up better on them. Well, that will do it from us this week. It's a massive week for the Eagles and for the AFL in general. First week of the finals, final game at Optus for the season. So everyone who's getting down, be loud, boost strong. Just make sure your voices are heard and, and get those boys back over east in a good mood, in good spirits, and knowing that they're uh, they're playing for an entire state here. Miguel, thank you very much for coming back on the show and sharing your insight for us for this big final episode. Yeah, no problem, and uh, might not be available next week. Um, might not have a voice by then. Nicely done. Very nice. When I say final episode, what I, of course, mean is finals <laughs> episode because we will be back one way or the other. But either way, Asterix, you've come on this week, and we thank you very much for it. Well, thank you, and I'm quite happy to go and visit... Um, Miguel in the cardiac unit at uh, Fiona Stanley, and uh, we'll be we'll be pulling him out for another another podcast this time next week for our return. Uh, well, our next next final. Very comfortable on that one. Bring it on, guys! Thank you very much for joining us, and to all the listeners, thank you for listening. 
Thank you for your support throughout the year as well. The live commentaries went down really well. The podcast has been growing all throughout the year. It's really, really nice to see. Uh, if you've got any mates that are wanting some Eagles content heading into finals, send them our way. If you've got any mates that want to hear some shameless Mason Cox bashing, send them our way because there'll be plenty coming up over the next few weeks, I'm sure. Plenty of shows coming your way too, win, lose or draw. But uh, it's going to be a win. And I will sign off there from that one in positivity, good spirit. The Eagles are going to win, and we will chat to you next week as we preview the semi-final. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.